basically our entire space, you know, sexual health, sexual wellness, it's very difficult. And it feels like we're in the 1950s. And it's so exhausting. Google ads, no issues. Facebook, yeah, is, is stuck in 1950. We've had oh. no problems with Google so far. Okay. It's basically just Meta that has banned us yeah. and, and other, any company related to us. I really get angry with Meta because we have been like years fighting to say the things by their name. This is uh, yeah, yeah. the opposite of sex education, you know? It's like you have to name the things with other names. You are not teaching. You are creating taboos. So what I would say yeah. is please think a bit because you are going on the other side of the good things. But yeah. I know that's a big issue and we are not gonna change this with a click. You're listening to the Paris Talks Marketing Podcast, where we interview top marketing leaders at high growth SaaS and other recurring revenue-based companies. Our goal with this podcast is to cut through the fluff and jargon of digital marketing to reveal what's really working at some of the fastest growing, most successful SaaS companies today. The Paris Talks Marketing Podcast is sponsored by Hop Online a performance growth marketing agency. If you like this episode and would like to have a similar conversation with someone at our agency, just go to hop.online, H-O-P.online, and book a discovery call with one of our strategists today. Now, let's get into the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Paris Talks Marketing. And today, I have the pleasure of having two guests with me, and this is a first for us. We have Jordan Thomas Gray and Mia Sabat, who are both working at MJoy. And Jordan is the head of growth at MJoy, and MJoy's mission is to normalize female sexual health. Jordan is a growth marketer with roots in audio engineering, viral video, and documentary film. Jordan is also a musician and a stand-up comedian. Mia is the in-house sex therapist and menstrual therapist at MJoy. She's a sex educator expert and creates content for the app as well as supervises all the content that is published on the platform. So I'd like to welcome both of you to the show. Hi, Hi welcome. Mia, can we start with you? Would you like to just introduce yourself beyond that brief intro and, and talk a little bit about your role at MJoy? Yes, yes. Well, I'm in MJoy since this project began, so it's like my baby sometimes. And uh, my role is creating a lot of content for our users. And then when the company grows, I start to do many other things like reviewing everything that's said or done in social media, in blog posts, in, in stories also in the process of creating the erotic stories and all the contacts we have with some collabs specialized in different areas. So what I do now is apart from creating content is to make a follow-up on all the other collaborators that are here and review everything that is related into sex content to be sure because we are scientific science-based. So we need to be sure that everything that we say anywhere is perfect. Mm -hmm. Excellent. I'm, I'm very curious to come back to the way that you're managing that content, Mia, and we'll get to that. Yeah. And Jordan, I understand you're newer to the company and would you please introduce yourself and your role? Yeah. Hi, I'm Jordan. I'm working for Enjoy, which is a Barcelona-based company. So very international. My previous role until I joined Enjoy was at a data science company managing B2B marketing. So growing mm -hmm. that company, we grew from 20 people to uh, I think 70, 80 people in about two years. All right. And yeah. So then I moved over from data science B2B to this B2C company. It's been great so far. Mm -hmm. A lot of changes in the past year in the B2C space and for this company in particular. So yeah, trying to maximize user acquisition, normalize female sexual wellness, and it's been great. So let's talk numbers first of all. How big of a 
customer base do you all have? How many app downloads and how many active users do you have today? Yeah, so we have 350,000 registered users. That's what I've been authorized to say, mostly in the US and the UK. Those are our main audience, our domain audience. We were growing a ton last year, mostly through paid media, uh, but then a lot of things happened. You know, there's sort of a cataclysm with iOS 14 that affected a lot of apps. We had to change our whole strategy. And mm-hmm. I've been brought on more or less to lean us more into content marketing, organic growth. So growth has been accelerating in the past few months from social media partnerships, SEO. Great. Yeah. So you're, you're starting to diversify a little bit away from the reliance on advertising, mm-hmm. given yeah, some of the recent changes. We've cut paid media by 90%, I think, in the, okay. in the last six months. Oh, that's pretty, pretty drastic. And so Mia, that probably then puts you and your work really at the center now of making sure that you all are creating content that is meaningful, that's scientifically accurate, and that is also going to be effective at building a community. Can you talk a little bit more about how you balance the challenges of trying to create really interesting content, but also make sure that it has to be factually perfect and also the community building aspect? Yes, that was really interesting to do from the beginning because we start to talk about thousands of women asking what problems they feel they have with their sexuality. You will always find some other content that we think that is interesting for you and that make you feel better in the same way. No? When we talk about female sexuality, we think only genitalia sometimes, but self-esteem, body acceptance, relationship emotions, there are many other things that have to be taken into account. So we have to have that content there because everything affects that and we also have to do this in a way that is not fun but I mean not being like depressed like oh my god I have to go into that session of Android no it's like yes I want to do that because we have many Mm -hmm. funny sessions to go deep in one subject that can make you challenge your beliefs or guided sessions to do things while you're listening or just something to do after so we try to be fun and and at the same time content that we know that will be really helpful because we go behind all this we have a lot of science data that says okay when people do that in several weeks we know that the results are there so we have to be Mm -hmm. really in touch with new well I have to be really in touch with all these new science projects and data so I read a lot to be on the top of the node as much as I can mm-hmm. and you mentioned sessions and I think that's a key feature of your service can you describe yeah. what are these sessions and how do they work yeah what what we have what you can find inside of MJ are different collections those collections inside they have many sessions some of them are have five some of them six seven but these sessions are of the same topic I mean if you get into a collection that names boundaries so you will have sessions that follow a path that are from this topic and when there are different kind of sessions most of them try to be interactive but there are some others that are more theory even that we try to be you know fun in those that are really science like knowing your nervous system and how does it affect your sexuality but the sessions are are the structure of the app so you can always go forward or rewind the session if you need to and you can pause it okay. and you can go whatever you can listen it it is now for the moment it's all audio so you can listen to it whatever you want okay so is all of the content on the app today all pre-recorded content that has been edited and yeah and then yeah. uploaded yeah. into the so app it's okay curated either well-being sessions so we use sessions to mean you know uh, it's like headspace sort of a, a guided uh, lesson tutorial on a specific topic like menopause or sex during pregnancy things like that and then the other half of the app is audio erotica so female audio 
Hadirataka for, for women around various topics. But we've also just introduced chatting with a therapist. So now in the app, you can actually reach out. Oh, okay. Yeah, we start to put some audio erotica because we know that to work the libido, it's important to have some inputs that make you feel aroused. But we saw that the, our users really love that stories, that erotic stories. So that's why at the end, we make this part of the app grow. And now it's the half of the app, half yeah. is well-being. And then you have a lot of erotic stories. Mm -hmm. And most people use both. So we've okay. surveyed users, people... They go to a well-being session and they also use the erotica side of it. Some users, like very heavy users, mostly use the erotica, but they'll still occasionally go to a well-being session mm -hmm. to learn more. We're not the only, you know, audio erotica app out there, but I think we are the one that is most focused on wellness and like sort of holistic sexual health and wellness for women. Okay. Yeah. And have you ever explored or experimented with any live content? No, not for the moment. That can be something to talk about, but not for the moment. I have a perspective on live content. So in 2015 to like 2019, I was working in the New York startup space for first a food media company that was acquired by Discovery and then for a small marketing agency focused around influencer marketing. And that was back when Facebook, the video on Facebook was booming and then Facebook Live, you know, was the next thing. And I watched multiple companies, you know, invest so much into Facebook Live, like build whole studios, spend millions of dollars. And then Facebook was like, ah, never mind. <laughs> And then, and then those, a few of the startups that I knew went out of business. So uh, I have a little bit of, it's probably insensitive to say PTSD, but like I have some uh, tenseness around live content that I tend to prefer more curated experiences. I did some event marketing at my previous company and it was very, very effective, but that was, you know, the live content there was a webinar or a conference that was on a platform like Hopin, for instance, yeah. and then recorded and then chopped up and then put onto YouTube. I tend to, to stay away from Instagram Live, Facebook. Live, even LinkedIn Live, uh, just because I, I feel like the added pressure of being in a live setting, the complications, it, it can, there are benefits for sure. But for me, I think I tend to gravitate towards final products and more of a slower, let's make a thing and release on a regular schedule. Uh, yeah. I just, it's a, a bias I have. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I mean, yeah, you can you can really craft something that's more polished, more curated, and more targeted for a particular audience if you record it and then really edit it and, and go through the whole process of quality assurance. And so, Mia, back to you and the content. So I want to understand a little bit more how you navigate this. You, how much content are you overseeing and how much content does MJoy produce? Let's just start with written content first. How much written content is getting published, let's say, on a typical weekly basis? One blog post yeah. per week as our current, current oh, cadence. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then we one, one blog post per week? And then Instagram, and, we post about mm -hmm. three, uh, yeah. three galleries or... Yeah, go ahead, Mia. That's, that's content related to social media, but I don't know, Paris, if you want to know like the whole content we launch in one week, including sessions and stories. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's see the big picture. Yeah. Again, the big picture says that per week we launch a new collection. Each collection, as I told you, can have from five to eight sessions. It depends on the topic. And also mm -hmm. every Wednesday we launch three new erotic stories. So it's like four new pieces, four new sessions, four new audios in the app every week. And then, of course, as Jordan was saying, there's many other things like blog posts, social media. I read these, I review, sometimes I change a few things, but we have really good people on the company working on it so it's really an easy traffic of work that we do really organize and in terms of content as you can imagine everything is ready like one month ago mm -hmm. well 
we have some problems sometimes that you have to hurry up, but this is not the normal way of <laughs> the normal yeah. way is that everything. Because this, this content is, it's mostly evergreen content, correct? So it's not so time sensitive. It's not breaking news or. When, well, George, I can tell you this, but when we, when something happened, you have to say something, of course, but because it's mm. something that we are living yeah, mm. and that's live, no live content that we prepare. But in fact, of the content that we have in the company is something based on data, on the year, the moment of the year, what the, the user wants, because we try to have a constant feedback from the user and we really listen to what they want. So it's important mm -hmm. for us. At okay. least this is done for them. Yeah. yeah. How do you determine how do you determine if there's actually a relevant news story that you all should have an opinion on and jump in on as a news story versus something where it's a great topic but it's evergreen, so mm -hmm. it should be relevant for a long, long time, but it doesn't have to go it doesn't really have to get published on a certain strict calendar. Yeah. Roe v. Wade is a good example of, you know, a story that Oh yeah. Yeah, we need to comment on because our followers care about it. And we were trying to figure out what can we provide besides this sucks, this is horrible. So we went the route of providing factual information, trying to demystify some of it, because if you're mm -hmm. even if you're in the US, even if you're a political scientist, the actual situation is pretty confusing because the US is, you know, 50 small governments with one, you know, unifying government and with checks and balances. And the actual event that happened is a little bit to accurately articulate. So we agonized a bit over even just in our Instagram post describing, okay, here's exactly what happened. Here are some resources. If you are in need, here's where you can donate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So providing very clear information instead of very quickly saying, you know, this sucks or like even saying something incorrect. We, every social media post, we do media reviews to make sure it's accurate. Even today, we were, we had a back and forth about the vagina and vulva are different things. And for us, it's important to actually get things like that correct, mm -hmm. even in our social media posts, because that's our brand is to be the experts on this and accurate and providing reliable information instead of just content, content, content. Yeah. And Long you time. mentioned earlier, Jordan, 350,000 users is that was that the number registered that i heard users, yes registered users yeah. and is that someone is that just anyone who has downloaded the app at some those point? are yeah uh people who have installed slash signed up i believe it's signups they've, they've, they've signed up so when they install the app the next step after that is to sign up with an, and create an account or yeah. Uh, okay yeah i want to understand that's an interesting flow too because you all are uh, an app first product i know you've got the website with some content this might be a question for you mia how do you determine where to draw the line between offering free content through the blog which is very helpful <laughs> but it's free and it doesn't it won't require the user to download the app and and to get into the sign up flow well, versus withholding some other types of content and putting that behind the wall and putting that into the sessions yeah that's something that i think that we all deal with this because even in my personal social media and that I sometimes, what do I publish? What do I say? What do I don't say? But the thing is that even that everything we publish is something that provides quality information, it's not the same as if you are in the app because in the app, you have your personalized journey. You have your way to growth. You have cross information that will arrive to you. Okay, if this is important for you, this is also important for you. And with an audio session, you can have lots of exercises like going to therapy Therapy. It's not the same, you know, it's not the same reading some therapy tips or some information in social media than going to therapy for whatever reason, no? It's not the same, like, okay, I consume a lot of nutrition content, but it's not the same. If I go to a nutritionist, it won't be the same result. So that's the same. I don't think we have to be scared on sharing, like, knowledge and information.
information because I'm 100% sure that what we have in the app is much more better. But we mm-hmm. have to be really sure that the content that we give to the people that it's over there, it doesn't matter if it's Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. This is so, you know, I try to say this like Cosmo News sometimes. It's like three ways to reach orgasm and then you put there three ways. But if you want to find this in the app, in the app is like really large, taking your time, experiencing, explaining you what can cross your mind in that moment. So it's not the same. I don't think we have to be in fear of giving too much out there in our blog posts or I don't think. It's a different way to arrive to it. I, as a marketer, love giving stuff away for free. I think it's, it's all about establishing trust. And mm-hmm. if people trust you and they value you and they're loyal to, to your brand, they think that you've helped them, they will give you money. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's why some apps and platforms work on like donation only or optional. Pay. Yeah, most people are really happy to, to pay for something that provides yeah. them value. Absolutely. Like we're not hiding some secret information that you can't possibly find anywhere. We're just providing you the best way we think to, to get it with the user journeys and any session you could imagine and now chatting with, with a therapist directly. Yeah. So it's good to give knowledge for free. Yeah. And do you all measure the influence that the blog has on, on uh, new customer acquisition? Do you, do you track how many of those new registrations have previously touched the blog or been active blog readers prior to signing up? So the, the portion of that right now is kind of low. And my project for the next couple of months is actually to optimize the website to push people towards the blog and then optimize the blog to push people towards installs. So the okay. percentage of people coming through the blog is actually quite low. Most of the people come from referral traffic to the homepage and then to the app. Oh, interesting. But, okay. Yeah. But of people that come through the blog, those people have much lower churn. So they once we've established trust at that level as like a first touch point, those people are way more likely to stay with us and continue their subscription. Oh, okay. When you say when they come into the blog, does that mean that their first visit is through most likely through organic search where they're coming from a search query and then coming straight into a blog post? Yeah, to a blog post. Yeah. Okay. And and right now we actually have a lot of fall off from traffic to our homepage because this is something I want to change. It's a little bit difficult from our homepage even to find the blog, which is I want to reverse that and then push people immediately towards the blog to find content for free. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's let's just take a look and, and walk through what you're describing, Jordan, because we do have a nice feature here in Riverside to pull up a screen share. Oh, there it is. Okay. I mean, this is what, what I would typically expect to see above the fold for an app first product, which would be basically that the two calls to action to download it either on the Apple store or Google play. And then as I scroll down, you mentioned that it's not entirely clear that there is a blog until I get here. We have previews of sessions. So this is teasing some of the content that users will get inside of the app. And then here we have some testimonials, which are nice. Again, we have the two calls to action to download. Here's the meet the experts. And I still haven't come to here and here is, yeah. yeah, MJoy's journal. And are you saying, Jordan, that you'd like to try to elevate this content a little bit higher so so people are seeing it? A lot of people are seeing it before they're bouncing off of the homepage? Yeah, I, I think even at the very top, there should be a create account CTA and then right next to it, a learn more CTA or a learn just CTA that goes directly mm-hmm. to the blog. So my previous company, Absalon, data science company, maybe you want to go to absalon.com. Uh, our blog was extremely successful for driving B2B inbound. Mm-hmm. And that's largely because people would go to the blog and then see that we are the experts on all these areas, read through it. Everything's very well interlinked. And then there are CTAs within the blog post to reach out to the writer of that blog post, which actually it's going to, you know, <laughs> somewhere else. But um, that we found to be extremely effective for generating inbound. So I want to do something similar with creating trust. Yeah. Which, so our careers page is actually 
hiring inbound at Epsilon was almost as important as uh, commercial inbound. But anyway, so they go to the blog, uh, they see all these areas. Uh, mm -hmm. Typically, they see some area that they're actually looking for, like uh, Shiny is this technology. Um, and then they read the blog post. Okay. The blog post is impressive. Uh, and then there were two two main like types of funnels, I guess. Uh, people would reach out within five minutes. Mm -hmm. And then there were people who would keep coming back to the blog uh, for a period of six months, you know, and like okay. constantly coming back. And then that's how we would get companies like Johnson & Johnson, for instance, to to reach out. Just 30 visits <laughs> over six, six months, very high quality traffic. Uh, and then eventually they just are sure that we're the right company. Um, and then it's time to click let's talk. Yeah. 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 Or even in the if you scroll down in the blog post itself while they're yeah. reading, uh, permanently pinned to the side is this uh, this prompt. So if oh, they, yeah, if they, they have the thought, mm -hmm. yeah, if they have the thought to reach out. So I want to create something a similar kind of funnel at uh, Enjoy mm -hmm. within the next few months to try yeah, to that's drive cool. people. One of the trends that I've seen work well in B2B lead gen also now is just embedding the calendar, either Calendly or a similar app for being able to book a meeting straight into someone's calendar, as opposed to filling out a form and then having that form result in an email reply and then arranging a meeting over email. There's still some friction there. What do you think, Jordan, about this new approach of just embedding a calendar widget in place of I, a form? I thought about that. I think the main issue at Absalon was sort of lack of, we wanted to vet inbound, right? Mm -hmm. So we were very much focused on Global to so if we let people schedule a calendar invite every time, we would end up having, our sales team would end up having a lot of meetings that wouldn't amount to anything. It was the main problem. Mm -hmm. I think that we were having so much inbound that we had to be more picky and almost increase well, That's a nice problem to have. <laughs> it yeah. is. Now, a quick word from our sponsor. The Paris Talks Marketing Show is affiliated with Hop Online, a performance marketing agency focused on high growth SaaS and other recurring revenue-based companies. If you like the flow of this conversation, you may want to consider jumping on a discovery call with someone at Hop Online. A discovery call is similar to my podcast interviews in a lot of ways. We'll get to know your business goals, competitive landscape, and marketing needs. And you'll almost certainly come away with some new ideas for how to accelerate your customer and revenue growth. If you're interested, go to hop.online, that's hop, H-O-P dot online, and book a discovery call with one of our strategists today. Now. Back to the episode. Let's get back to MJoy because I think that what we were talking about is really how do you feature blog, the free blog content in the website in a way that, that gets people into these funnels. And mm -hmm. you have evidence that shows that once they start reading a blog post, in particular, if they come from, from search where they have a problem and this blog post is helping to solve that problem, you get that instant trust built because you have helped someone in a moment solve a problem. Then they become avid or regular readers. And then the next step is then to download the app, sign up, and then become a paying customer. So yeah. when people go through that process, about how many people that you see, I mean, do you have any numbers on the conversion rates from people that are, let's say, active, active blog readers converting to ultimately to paying customers in the app? I could probably find those. The thing with the blog, though, is I think the content is very high quality, but our SEO needs a lot of work. So mm -hmm. in the past 30 days, 77% of our traffic is to the homepage. And then we only get on these blog posts that are super high quality, like a few hundred clicks a month, mm -hmm. right? So I want to try some things like sending the blog posts to aggregators, focus more on SEO to get more traffic to the blogs. Right now, there's just not enough mm -hmm. raw traffic for us to really have that be a competitive funnel with, for instance, just... Sure. Yeah. 
Well, Absolutely. when these blog posts are written, do you all do any keyword research and create an outline with subtopics that are backed by keyword and search volumes? Yeah, we have sort of an SEO guidelines list. Mm-hmm. This is sort of still being implemented. But yes, yeah, we do all the, the mm-hmm. classic SEO stuff. I worked with a writer once who I was new to SEO and I was picking his brain on like, okay, what's the secret? And he was like, the secret is good title, good content. <laughs> <laughs> Which at, at yeah. the end of the day, it's not such a secret, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah the content yeah. has to be great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. A lot of the uh, the times, what the approach that we take with with our content strategists is, you start with with the Google search result page itself. So you have a primary keyword or a trophy keyword, and, and that you would like to rank for, and that of course would be if you can get into the top three or top five, that would be a major victory. Mm-hmm. But it's not only about that trophy keyword; it's also about the long tail of keywords that are related to that keyword. And so if you go to if you take your primary keyword and, and put it into Google, and then you look at the search results, you go into each of those articles or or those pages that are ranking top three or top five, and you, you try to observe the level of depth that they're going into around the topic, and you just map out all of the subtopics that they're covering. And then you can almost picture almost a Venn, a Venn diagram, so to speak. So article one covers these amount of this whole set of subtopics. Article two covers this related. And then if you, if you see where they're all overlapping, this is what Google is telling you really needs to be in a, in a piece of content in order for it to rank competitively among that group of three or five pages. And then the job of the writer is to produce something as comprehensive as those top ranking pages, but with better user experience. Mm-hmm. And that's what we found to be what, what really works best. And so what we provide to the subject matter experts who are doing the writing mm-hmm. is these strategic briefs or outlines. Something I, I love to do with SEO is go into Google Search Console and see which blog posts are getting a lot of impressions, but maybe aren't ranking so high. And you'll find that some blog posts are getting a lot of impressions for keywords that are sort of not even in the title or hidden in the back of the title. So one easy hack is to just see what people are searching for in Google Search Console and then just make that exact term the first <laughs> word or a couple so words. Write your titles and, and yeah, emphasize yeah. those keywords. Yeah. yeah, just rewrite it because some people write titles backwards when really you want to put the most important keywords at the very, very beginning. And sometimes you can be surprised by Google Search Console that the way people are phrasing things when they search is not what you expected. So you can adjust mm-hmm. the title to fit exactly what the actual searches are, the search queries. Yep, that's a great... That's a great tip. And you can take it even one step further, Jordan, when you consider that what you're doing is you're finding pages that have very, very poor click-through rates from the SERP. Lots mm-hmm. of impressions, no clicks. So you have to jazz up not just the title, but also the whole snippet, which includes the meta description. And a lot of people ignore the meta description and then Google just inserts the first paragraph or the first sentence by default. But if you write a custom meta description in, with a very strong call to action and give the you, the reader, or let's say you give the search engine user a very strong reason to click and so this combination of an optimized title and, and meta description is the snippet, the whole snippet optimization is going to usually be the key for driving the higher CTRs. And I think that's, that's a great, that's a great strategy in general to look at what Google is actually ranking you for. You, yeah. you were targeting this keyword, but Google decided to rank you for these other keywords. And the goal then is just to re, re-optimize your search snippet around what Google is giving you already. Absolutely. Let's get back to Mia. So Mia, what kind of a team are you working with on a, on a regular basis? You're trying to fact check. How many people, how many people do you manage? With, uh, with this content? In fact, I am working with all of them. 
<laughs> because with all of them, with Jordan, when we do things for social media, with all the tech team, so we have a lot of meetings, and also mm -hmm. with all the content team that we have the producer that sign contracts and all this, the person of the audio, me, and the copy. The, mm -hmm. Of course, our CEO, Andrea, is everywhere <laughs> because she knows a lot, yeah, and is, yeah, um, yeah the, like omnipresent also. And then also with product people, also, I work so close. In the end, I think I'm in touch with more or less everyone in the team. No, Jordan, mm -hmm. I think I'm yes. a bit, a bit of me is everywhere. <laughs> and if, you're, you're, it sounds like you're the glue. No, yeah. no, 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 because the audio, the in-house person of audio is also the clue. I don't think, I think that this is the perfect expression of working as a team, because if you take one piece, the tower falls. I mean, all this is important. So, I mean, it's like feeling, you have the feeling that if we remove that piece, everything will fall. I think of Mia as, as the goalie to make sure no like inaccurate information gets out anywhere it, within the app of yeah. social media and our newsletter, push notifications. Basically, any communication that leaves the company has to go through Mia to make sure that we're not wrong. Jordan, it, that's true that I'm also learning a lot, for example, with all the things you were saying. So my, my way of reviewing has changed during time because I also have to understand, for example, what Jordan was or you were commenting now, which kind of words we need to say in the title what do we have to do here so even that i would like to say it or name it in other ways sometimes i have to accept and for example <laughs> people say g-spot and g-spot is not the correct name it's not science there's not a spot there's a zone so the correct name is to say g-zone but if you want to be successful in a research in google or whatever you have to put g-spot even that yeah. it's not the correct name so many times when there are marketing things I and we have to cross this with content. We have to find out how to say it, to say the bad name, but then to find mm -hmm. the correct way to make yeah. them know it's not. You have bad. to speak. Yes, speak speak in the language of your customer, but then also educate them. Once they do become a customer, educate them that, that the terminology is has yeah, evolved. Of course. And and also speak the language that the marketing needs. Because yeah. if okay, if you are saying everything correctly, but you are not arriving to anyone, that's not the goal. I mean, you are not right. being successful here. You yeah. have to meet. I guess you have to meet people where they are, and then take them exactly to where you are. I have another question for you, Jordan, in, in, that's related to your data science background a little bit. And, and I want to try to connect this to MJoy as well. You were working with data science and the intersection of data science and B2B marketing. Do you have any <laughs> ideas for how you can implement data science now in your role with MJoy? Yeah, we, we had an in-house data scientist for a while. He set up some processes, mm -hmm. mostly for analyzing user data, KPIs, and things like that. For sure, I think at any company, you need someone who's competent in data science to turn the raw signals into something comprehensible. But I think also, so everyone in every role is getting better at interpreting data and using the tools that the platforms give us. And at the end of the day, line go up or line go down is sort of my motto. <laughs> but like, uh, you know, try to make line go up. That was my team motto in my last company. Line yeah, that, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> up and to the right is usually in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, up and to the right, yeah. 
Yeah. I think that there could be some cool ways to, to really observe and maybe even predict how a, a future churn rate or lifetime value of a, of a new user based on what they're doing in the app. So the people who are very active, especially in their first one or two weeks, let's say in the MJoy app, if they're subscribing or if they're actually just listening, if you just look at the behavior in the app, if they're really listening and logging hours of sessions or other things, are those signals good at predicting their, their future churn rates and their lifetime value as a recurring? So these are monthly subscription payments that they make, correct? Uh, it's yearly. Oh, it's an annual subscription? Or quarterly. Correct me? Or quarterly. It's quarterly oh, or, or yearly. And you have to choose. Yeah, we've been considering experimenting with monthly, but for sure, yeah, those all those signals yeah. are useful for, and those are tweakable. So we do pay attention to you know how many sessions per week people are listening to. Try yeah. to optimize push notifications to bring people back. Yeah. We constantly introduce new features to remind people that the app is worth using. We constantly make the app better, both visually yeah. and better and more, and more content. Yeah, I guess for your original question, I consider that to just be you know data analysis. There's an infinite amount of depth you can go. Uh, with data analysis and data science to draw more sophisticated uh, conclusions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think if you're not looking at the numbers, like you know what, what, what yeah, are you doing? <laughs> I, I think I want to I want to touch on the paid the paid acquisition side too. Now you all have cut ad spend dramatically, you said, but I understand with Facebook. But do you have certain restrictions? Are you are you allowed to promote the app with Google? We've had um, no problems with Google so far. Okay, it's basically just Meta that has banned us, yeah. and, and other any company related to us. Meta has, uh, Meta, Meta has pretty, outright banned banned you all from advertising. Pretty, I believe so. Yeah, pretty ruthlessly. It basically our entire space, you know, sexual health, sexual wellness. It's very difficult, and it feels like we're in the 1950s where they're like, no, you can't, you can't incredible. put this on our billboard. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> incredible, and it's so exhausting. It's, it's so exhausting. Yeah. but this is happening from the beginning. You always find yeah. problems or when we launch an update of the app or whatever sometimes it's like another time the same story because they find whatever because you don't know even the reason you know <laughs> some we have had an issue with them recently where just some reviewer thought that the idea of our app was objectionable or something and then we had, and they they suspended it and then we had to get in contact with google like find someone who could actually help to get it reinstated because we were app of the day on the app store and google was doing whatever google wanted to do but google ads no issues facebook yeah is, is stuck in 1950. we had ads that were just a cartoon of a fern you know a bush and a, a woman's back like nothing objectionable at all and they said it was it was nudity yeah but, but then <laughs> things like that we draw like yeah. a towel on and was nudity and then you we put more things on and it was nudity so once you get triggered once you once you trip up a manual review i think yeah life gets really hard after that because i know i know that the first filter is all really just it's automated and and if something goes off it's, it's hard to get out of that penalty box once once you're in it because you kind of get get a certain label So if anyone listening has a contact at Instagram or Facebook and wants to open up a discussion about, you know, allowing companies in the sexual wellness space to start doing what all other companies can do, advertising on Facebook and Instagram, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I hope someone hope someone is listening and, and will reach out to you all. Well, I think that we're going to have to wrap up soon, but this has really been fantastic. Is there anything that I didn't ask you all, either Mia or Jordan, that you wished I would have asked or that you had hoped to talk about or you think would benefit our audience? Jordan, you are the marketing expert. So. Ah, I think this has been great. We've, we've had a fantastic time. Yeah. 
No, in terms of sex content, everything was perfect and well asked. But I think that somehow, if you are all in that world of marketing, so I don't know how we can push and make together some, I don't know how, some actions to not to have that ridiculous problems of not being able to promote sexual well-being. And we are yeah. able to find over there all the other paraphilias and not all the things that are really a problem. And you can find it easily. Yeah. So... I don't know how, if you are on the way to do it as marketing people, please, everyone who's over there, please help Paul yeah. do that. Jordan, you, you, want to, you want to get in another word here, don't you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to make a note that even without Facebook and Instagram, quarter two installs were up 27% over quarter one. So we're doing very well without yeah. them, but we just want access to the same tools that other companies Yeah, have. exactly. And, and it's mm -hmm. just because I get angry with that, you know, because <laughs> I really get angry with Meta because we have been like years fighting to say the things by their name and say vulva and say vagina and say or orgasm or clitoris and now these these people are banning me because I say or I write the word orgasm or because I say the name clitoris so it's ridiculous mm -hmm. you know and you have to put names and things and say oh my yeah. no a lot of dancing around the yeah yeah but this is uh, yep, yep. the opposite of sex education you know it's like you have to name the things with other names you are not teaching you are creating taboos so what yeah, i would say yeah. is please think a bit because you are going on the other side of the good things but yeah. i know that's a big issue and we are not gonna change this with a click great well where where can people find both of you online what's the what's the best place to, to connect <laughs> well uh, me yeah. i mean twitter whatever i try to be <laughs> everywhere because i need to be on the top of what's new what's hot what's going there what's the conversation so you can find me everywhere and of course you can find me 24-7 in MJ. <laughs> you can find my words and my knowledge there. Great. How about you, Jordan? What's the, where's the best place to find you and connect online? So I am at Jordan Thomas Gray everywhere. I'm on TikTok, 63,000 followers. I'm on Instagram. Yeah, Instagram's probably the best place to reach me. Or Jordan, Jordan Thomas, Thomas Gray everywhere, huh? Everywhere, yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you both for being with me today. This has been extremely educational and uh, and really interesting. I think that you all are doing a great job navigating, I, I guess, a, a minefield of challenges. And there are going to be more coming for sure. But you all are, I think, doing really great work and providing great education to hundreds of thousands of women all, all over the world. And, and I wish you all the best and continued growth and looking forward to keeping in touch. Thank you Thanks so much, time. Paris. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Another great episode in the books. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get notified when future episodes drop, be sure to subscribe to Paris Talks Marketing on your favorite podcast player. And to learn more about our growth marketing agency, visit hop.online. That's hop, H-O-P dot online. Have a great day.